Welcome back to another episode of an Athletic Life podcast. I'm your host, Shneef. Today we have a really cool guest, a guy who played Division One football, and now he's a coach for Iowa State, Jake Waters. Jake, how you doing? I'm good, man. I'm good. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad that we got to have you on. It's going to be really fun for me. If you could just introduce yourself for the audience a little bit. Yep, Jake Waters. I uh, originally from Council Bluffs, Iowa, um, played college football at, at Kansas State. Got a, a little time in the NFL, CFL, and then now I, uh, I'm i coaching. I'm a quality control analyst at Iowa State right now with the quarterbacks. Um, so this will be my, my third year back at Iowa State now coaching. That's awesome. I'm, I'm super excited for this, like I said earlier. Um, kind of what you mentioned, we're going to talk about, you know, you growing up and playing football, a little bit about your JUCO experience, and then, you know, going to Kansas State, a little bit in the league, and now finding your profession as a coach. So let's kind of just jump right into it. What drew you to football when you were younger? Man, um, honestly, you know, because I, I was a, you know, when not growing up, I didn't play, you know, tackle football right away or, or even flag football or anything like that. So it was just, it was backyard football pretty much until, man, seventh, I think seventh grade. And, you know, just, just from watching it on TV and, you know, I just always remember like the Thanksgiving Day games where me and my older brother, We'd go outside and my parents, you know, would get us helmets and shoulder pads. We'd go play football in the yard. And um, that really got, you know, the love of it for me. And then watching it on TV and then and then being able to to finally play, you know, in junior high and, you know, tackle football. Um, that's when I, you know, fell in love. And I, you know, I didn't really know what position I was going to be. And, you know, but I knew I loved being out there and playing. And uh, but I think it, it all it all started from kind of watching those games just growing up and then going, man, in the in the yard outside, just playing games that, you know, usually ended up in tears, but, um, you know, in fights. But, man, that's where I, I feel like me and, you know, my older brother and then younger brother, we all kind of, you know, fell in love with it, just being out there in the backyard. Yeah, it seems like that's how it always starts, you know, with your siblings in the yard. You mentioned it always ends up in tears, which is so similar <laughs> to me growing up. I had an old brother and you know, we would get after it and, you know, usually end up in tears or pissed that I lost or something like that. But it's just kind of a unique story about how it happens. And I feel like, you know, everyone who plays football at a high level has that similar story about how it started is playing with your siblings in the yard and kind of fall in love with it from there. No doubt. And then, you know, I was fortunate enough to have an older brother who could, man, beat up on me too. And, you know, at the time you don't really think, you know, this is fun and awesome. But then, you know, when you look back, you're like, wow, like, man, he made me tough and kind of had to work through some stuff, you know, values that you find later in your, you know, life and careers, like, you know, having an older brother or siblings to always, you know, be able to go out and play with. And then, you know, like, yeah, like you said, a lot of, a lot of kicked footballs, kicked basketballs, kicked, you know, everything. It ends up in a fight running inside, but um, that's, that kind of got the competitive drive going, you know, learning how to deal with, you know, adversity when you're always getting beat by your older brother, but, you know, that's where it started. And, uh, you know, yeah, very fortunate to be able to, you know, to have a family like that and brothers that, you know, love it and parents that, you know, would, would do anything for us for it. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you know, my older brother, his thing was, he would tell me, I'm beating you up to make you the toughest kid in the state. That was yep. his thing is, I'm going to beat you up. So when you're a senior, you're going to be the toughest kid in the state and no one's going to want to mess with you. Exactly right. Exactly right. And, and yeah, at the time, it's like, man, like, <laughs> that ain't fun, but yep. And that, and that's what, you know, then me and my older brother did that with our younger brother, Luke, and, you know, and he, and he hated us for the longest time, you know, just, you know, always beating up on him, never letting him win and, and all that. But it's like, no, well, you're going to, you're going to be tough, you know, because of it. And, 
um, you know, it's funny, it kind of comes full circle, you know, when he finally, you know, gets to North Dakota State and plays, and he's like, man, thank you for everything you guys have done to, you know, to help me get where I'm at. But, yeah, exactly right. Trying to yeah, toughen, absolutely. toughen these little dudes up, man. Yeah, it sucks when it's happening, but you kind of realize it later on in your career and when you are playing college ball, you're like, you know what, there was some purpose behind that. No doubt. Exactly right. When did you realize you wanted to play quarterback? You know, you said you don't – you didn't really know what position you were going to play or what you wanted to play, but you ended up playing quarterback. How did that come about? Yeah, um, so my older brother was the quarterback, and I was – man, seventh grade, I was playing running back, but I never was the, the fastest guy or the biggest guy. Um, and I always thought I could throw it okay. Um, you know, from where we're from, we're not a – or at least at the time, not a – you know, a football factory city or anything like that, where it's like, all right, well, you know, you're going to play quarterback since your third grade year or anything like that. I didn't know, you know, what, what I was going to play, what I was even good at. I started kind of throwing it around. I played baseball growing up too, like a ton of baseball. So I had a good arm. Um, And then, yeah, rolling in probably eighth grade year, uh, I got put in at, you know, kind of quarterback and and got to be able to kind of, to take off with that. And, um, so it all, it just kind of happened, honestly. And we had, we had another kid in town who was actually better than me at quarterback, uh, bigger, faster, stronger, who ended up leaving. And he, I think he went to Omaha, uh, just, the, you know, the city right, you know, across the, the border. But um, and it kind of almost fell into my lap a little bit. Well, Jake, you got to play quarterback. And, uh, you know, then the rest is kind of history from there. But it was it wasn't anything where it was. You know, I was, you know, born to be a, a quarterback since, you know, a prodigy type deal. It was kind of just like, yeah, well, let's see if you can throw. And I, I started throwing the ball well and, and, you know, fell in love with that. And then, uh, yeah, the rest is, is kind of history there. So you decided to go the JUCO route out of high school. What played into that factor a little bit? And what was your experience like as a JUCO? Yeah, um, man, I honestly that that was my only option. Um, come from a 1A school in Council Bluffs where you know, I had 43 people in my graduating class. We had, I think, shoot, 15 boys in, in my class. So seven or eight of them went out for football. So, football, so small school um, in a bigger city. So we, we were pretty good. Um, but at that time, it was, you know, it wasn't huddle or anything like that. And, you know, I don't feel like I'm that old, but it wasn't, there was no huddle. It was all, you send out your highlight tape and all that. And, uh, we just never really knew, you know, what to do or how to do it, uh, I guess, or go to camps or anything like that. So being all that, being 1A school, um, yeah, the only the only thing I had was the, the junior college that just started football uh, my senior year was my only opportunity to, to, to play um, at the college level. Um, I, I think I had a couple of walk-on. I walk on to Northwest Missouri State, but other than that, if I wanted to continue to play football, it was, I had to go the Juco route. And, um, and then once I got there, it was, man, less than five minutes from my house. So in my hometown. So it was a, it was a cool experience to start with just being able to, you know, be comfortable close to home. Um, but no, the, the Juco life was, uh, it was full of ups and downs. Obviously it was, I wouldn't trade it for the world. Um, we won a national championship there my last year ended up being able to, to move on to the division one level. But um, there, there were some tough times. I got hurt my true freshman year, got a medical redshirt and I'm sitting there like, man, it's football for me. Um, wasn't quite sure if I wanted to, you know, do it. I have all my other, you know, buddies out there, 
you know, doing the college life and enjoying, enjoying them, themselves. And I'm sitting here, you know, rehabbing an injury after a freshman year. And, um, so it, it was full of ups and downs, but you know, that's what made everything so much sweeter, uh, when it finally did come, you know, to, to be able to move on, but I wouldn't trade the Juco, you know, that path for the world, but definitely it's not a, it's not a, as glamorous, you know, as you would think it's still, it's a, you know, the Juco life is a, is a grind. It's a tough one though, but, um, man, so fortunate to be able to coach Stromer at Iowa Western to give me opportunity to go play and, uh, yeah, rest is history. But yeah, that was my that was my only only opportunity really to play out of out of St. Albert. You talk about you know questioning whether football's for you. I think at every single level, no matter it's you know JUCO, NAI, D one, D two, D three, every single freshman at one point during their freshman year questions whether they should be playing football or not. It's just a <laughs> unique experience that you're not used to. No matter what level you played at in high school, you're always going to question whether this is for you because usually you go in. And you're not the top dude anymore. You're not that dog that was kicking ass in high school. This guy was getting yelled at all the time. You know, you're getting beat up on by the older guys, and you don't you don't know if you belong. Yeah, man, like you, yeah, you're the top dog, and all of a sudden you get here, it's like, oh shoot, like all these guys are the top dogs, and they've been in this program for, you know, you're going in there as an 18 year old, and these guys are 22, 21 men that have been in the weight room for, you know, this number of years, and yeah, it's a it'll humble you quick, and you got to be able to, yeah fight through that initial like man is this really for me um but uh but yeah no you're exactly right i think everyone everyone did it but yeah that was definitely my my questioning of man is football for me that freshman year at iowa western absolutely you so you transferred to k-state you played under coach snyder what impact did he have on you at your time at k-state man he was incredible um obviously he's one of the you know the best um, you know, legendary coaches, best coaches of all time. You know, what he did at K-State turned them. The thing I didn't realize when even when I was there was, was that how bad Kansas State was before he got there and what he did to bring Kansas State to where it is now um, is incredible. But having, having to be able to be around a guy, I was only there two years since I played two at Iowa Western and two at, at K-State to, to be around Coach Snyder. But um, just everything he did, the attention to detail, the, you know, there's not one job detail or thing is too big or too small. It all, it all matters. It all means, you know, uh, you're supposed to do something. You got to do it this way. And if, if it's not, you know, done that way, then there's consequences for it. You didn't care if you're Tyler Lockett and made, you know, going to be a high draft pick in the NFL, or if you're a walk-on, it didn't matter for him. Um, so being able to, to be with coach for those two years was definitely hard. He was extremely hard on us, but in, in a good way. Um, you know, he made the workouts and practices and meetings and, and everything's extremely hard. So when we got out there on Saturdays and um, that it was, it felt easier to, to be able to, to go through that and um, tried to put us in a ton of, you know, bad situations and practice workouts just to see how mentally tough we are. Um, and so that's that's the, the biggest things I'll take away from being with coaches, the attention to detail that he had on everything. He was always, always taking notes, always, you know, talking about the little things, not taking anything for granted. Um, and then just building the program the right way. And now being a coach, too, is, you know, learning, you know, the stuff that was probably not fun for me as a player to deal with at times, you know, especially coming in from a junior college right in there. Um, I truly see the, the value in everything that he's done. Um, so it was incredible. It was definitely a grind. It was hard, but 
it was uh it was awesome and you know being able to play for a legendary coach like that is something I'm truly truly grateful for oh absolutely and you mentioned that Kansas State was not very good when he took over I think that they were the only power five school to lose 500 games up to that point (laughs) um I think I saw a stat something you know they'd lost like 17 or 25 games in a row or something like that before he took over and to turn it into what he turned it into is incredible. It's a legendary story. Like you said, he's one of the all-time college football, great coaches, incredible coach, uh, incredible guys. It sounds, you know, he molds people into the characters that he wants on the team. And it really did drive that program in the right direction. Oh yeah. And you know, and even more so now that, that that's the, the cool part about coaches. Um, yeah. He did that for us as players, uh, but his main message was setting us up for life after football, being great husbands, fathers, you know, being able to to go to work. And if something bad's happening at work or in your life, being able to to grind through it and get through all that stuff. And that's what he always talked about. And, you know, as you as a college kid, you're kind of you, you're listening. But at the same time, you're like, man, I want to play. You know, I want to you know, how is this going to help me with football? And um, but looking back every man, every day I'm out done now, I'm looking back and. You know, I always just shoot coach uh, a text or something like, man, thought of this, this happened today, thought of you, like, man, you like really prepared me for life after football. So that's, that's some of the biggest stuff that I'm going to take away or that I do take away now is, you know, all the stuff that he said and did for us. Now it's like, oh man, like this is, he really, really cared about us and set us up for success down the road, which is, man, almost probably better than any coaching you know, accomplish, accomplishment that he had. Um, so that's really special, but something you don't really see at the time. But now looking back and, you know, the older I get and now I'm in coaching, it's like, man, this guy was incredible. Yeah, it, it's setting you up for adversities off of the field later in life that you're going to be able to handle. And I love when coaches do that. You know, my favorite coach, coach role I play for him right now, he's my position coach. He's done a lot for me on the field, but he's taught me a lot of life lessons that are going to help me off the field when I'm, you know, later on in life. And I know he's prepared me for that. And I'm super grateful for coaches like that because they have a huge impact on the athletes that they, they interact with every single day of the year. And, you know, they see us more than they see their families a lot of the time. So just to know that they, they care for you off the field is incredible. And it's a great feeling. No doubt. And you can tell, you can tell the coaches that are truly like that. Like, you know, I know coach Roll, and he's man, great guy, great coach, obviously, but you can tell it he's, he's in coaching for the right reasons. And, um, that's what makes me fired up about being able to coach too, is, you know, cause I love being, you know, and love impacting people and kids and players and the way I got impacted by certain coaches and mentors and players is like, that's, what's really cool. But yeah, you could tell right away at the, you know, some guys what they're really in it for, but uh, it makes it really special when you know they're in it for the right reasons and can connect with you outside of football too. Not just all, you know, X's and O's football stuff. What do you think your most memorable game at K-State was? Oh, man. Well, not the North Dakota State game. Um, <laughs> of course. No, yeah, no, probably the most memorable one, honestly, uh, was was at Oklahoma my senior year. I think it was game, man, five, six, something like that, decently early in the year. Um, you know, we had lost to – we beat Iowa State early, lost to Auburn on a Thursday night. So we're trying to, you know, thought we had a, a, a good team um, trying to – get it going and now we're going you know to Oklahoma they're ranked obviously really good um and we we end up winning that game late uh you know we got down you know early and then you had to kind of grind back and um I hurt my shoulder that game too so I uh 
and I we were you know doing a run in second half sometime, and I I kind of break one up the up the middle, and I I hurt my shoulder pretty bad. Um, and being able to kind of fight through that game and play and still win, and you know at Oklahoma, first time ever being you know in Norman at Oklahoma, and it's a it's an incredible stadium. You can feel it feels a little bit different, you know, because you you know all the greats that have played on on that field. Um, but being able to come out of there with a win um, and kind of the adversity that I, you know, I had to deal with. And I ended up having to get surgery after the year on the, that same shoulder that I that I hurt during that game. But being able to, you know, get that win and then look back and, you know, all the things that, you know, we kind of talked about with dealing with adversity and fighting through it is, you know, that that's one of the, you know, the games in, in my career where I look back and, you know, I'm really, really proud of. And that's kind of the one that I always think about. To steal a game in Norman that you're probably not supposed to win, that's got to be an awesome feeling because it's an electric environment. They've got a good football program. They've got extremely loyal fans. It's a loud environment. Like you said, there's a lot of history there. They've had a lot of great players to come out of Oklahoma just to go down there and, and grind out that win in a tough, gritty game. I mean, huge accomplishment for you and for K-State at the time. I, I can't imagine you know that feeling. I haven't had that. You know, I wasn't on the team here when we played Iowa. Our Oregon game got canceled. Unfortunately, we lost to Arizona this year. But, you know, just to have that experience would be incredible to go get one of those games that your people are counting you out across the board. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. And that's was, uh, you know, you know, yeah. anytime you guys go and, have, you know, play a power five school and you guys, you know, end up winning a lot of those uh, over the years. But, yeah, in a game like that where we knew Oklahoma was more talented than us, it's at their place. It's going to be man, you couldn't hear from, you know, me to the running back in the backfield. Like, man, you couldn't hear anything. It was, you know, but it, it was the things you grow up, you know, wishing and dreaming about playing in and being able to just, you know, take advantage of that moment, win there, and just the, you know, in the locker room, like all the hard work that, you know, that we did. It kind of, you know, it's it's what you, what you play the game for. And, uh, man, truly, truly memorable. And, you know, just seeing everyone celebrating in the locker room and, then I'm looking down on my shoulder like, oh, man, what the heck am I going to do the rest of the year now? But um, it was something that, you know, I, I will never, never, ever forget. Yeah, like you said, it's it's those games that you dream for when you're a kid. You want to be in those environments. You want to be put in that spot to to come out and be the dude. And we won that game, and I was a big part of that. That's got to be an incredible experience for you. And, you yeah, know, yeah. Just, one, it's one what you want as a kid. Yeah. yeah. In the backyard, that's what we always talk about, you know, trying to play in those games and you go watch a game and then you go out, out in the backyard and try and try and replicate it and make this throw or make this tackle or do this or that. And, you know, to be able to, to do it, though, and get the chance and kind of, oh, we definitely had to have some some bounces go our way. But, you know, something that you'll never be able to take away from us, though. No, absolutely not. And those are, that's all part of the game, you know, a fumble here, an interception, something that isn't on script it just it happens and you got to live with it and fortunately for you guys it turned out for the better no doubt no doubt yep they, they can't take that one away absolutely not we're going to talk about the ndsu game just a little bit because it is really interesting um your first game ever as quarterback at k-state you play this this no-name school out of north dakota um <laughs> and so a little bit of a love-hate relationship possibly because like you said your younger brother luke ends up playing for north dakota state what's your experience there with that game and then you know supporting North Dakota State years later when your brother's on the team yeah yeah well you know right right away when I noticed you know who we had to play first I was like you gotta be kidding me 
you know, like, cause I had, I had known about just being from, you know, the Midwest, known about North Dakota state, the type of program they have coming off, man. I, I don't know if it was back to back or, you know, three in a row or something like that. And, and they're bringing they damn near their, their whole team back ton of seniors. I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. Like, you know, my first game ever, you know, nervous about that, just playing in front of the most people I've ever played against. And then, and then let, you know, let alone it's against the, a team that would have beat a lot of the big 12 teams that year. Um, no doubt about it in my mind. They were one of the better teams we played all year. Um, but having to be able to play them, we were like, man, we, we knew all about North Dakota state and how we, we had to, you know, we're not going to be able to out. We got to, we got to try it out physical, but they're going to be just as physical. It's not like a, we're not going to be able to push these dudes around and we got to, it's going to be the team who makes the least, mis- you know, least amount of mistakes deals with the ups and downs and the crowd and all that, the best. And um, yeah, that, that is a game I'll never forget too. Cause that's the, you know, one most game, you know, most people I played in front of and um, you know, and then two is like, you know, seeing just their defense and, you know, seeing stuff that I've never seen before and the game was moving really fast and you're just like, man, what is going on? And um, finally get a chance to, you know, think we got it under control, think we're good, man, we pin them deep. And uh, and then I think Brock Jensen, the quarterback, goes on, I mean, like an 18, 20 play drive or something like that, takes off almost nine minutes off the clock and goes down and scores. And it's like, man, that that team, you know, they knew how to win, they knew how to figure it out and grind out a win. But it was uh, – so not not the best memories with with North Dakota State at that time, um, but the the utmost respect for for them. And then having my brother be able to to go and play, and you know we we would talk you know about his options because after Iowa Western where he played, uh, he goes, man, I have a I have an opportunity at North Dakota State, and I was like, you jump on that, like that program, the coaches there, everything about that school is exactly what you want to be a part of, and you want to. Uh, you want to play for winners they do it the right way they're going to set you up you know for life after dealing with everything and um so definitely the is as as mad as I was after they beat us I was so happy when my brother got to be able to um to play there win a national championship two years ago um and then play for another one this year is but yeah the the program that you guys have built there man is absolutely incredible um so much respect for that but I I wish wish we could have got that one though with my first game ever. That that does that I'm a little salty about that for sure. Yeah, you know, like you said though, it got to be cool for you to watch your brother play in a national championship game, and you know, or playing two, win one, playing another one. Uh, unfortunately, didn't get that one done. But yeah, again, cool experience. You've kind of come full circle with it now, hating them for a while, and then supporting <laughs> them in the long run. Yeah, yeah, no doubt, and. Um, uh, that, that hate was, a uh, man, we had to play these dudes and, you know, just, but never, ever second, man, the utmost respect, never lost that with them. And, um, I would always watch them. And, and now that they beat us, I was like, I want them to not lose a game and go win it all. And, um, but so much respect for, for North Dakota state and yeah, having my brother be able to kind of play and, and have a lot of success there and, you know, have a great college experience playing football is man, that's awesome though. But yeah, North Dakota State, man, unbelievable program. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna transition to your your time at Iowa State now. But what defines Iowa State's football? What's the culture there? Yeah, we 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 have all 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 in our walls is culture beats scheme. Um, man, we feel like we have some 
awesome plays, man. Obviously our defense kind of is, you know, revolutionizing college football with the three safeties and, you know, everyone kind of looks at us as kind of the the start of that. Um, Coach Haycock, our defensive coordinator. But for us, it's all about culture. Uh, we want to be the the toughest, most physical team um, that's going to do everything right um, and not lose a game. You know, and in college football now, it's um, man, you you have teams and you, you can go win it, but a lot of times team, teams are giving it away with penalties, turnovers things like that. Uh, but man, we, we want to have the best, most together team in college football. That was our, that's our goal every single year. If we're, if we're the most together team and we're, we're playing for each other, um, scheme will take care of itself. We're going to do the little things right. Um, and then have a chance to win at the end of the, at the end of the day. So it's not like we're going to, you know, we, we know and understand that we're going to have all, obviously great players. We've had Brees Hall, second round pick, uh, Brock Purdy, what he did in the NFL, but we're going to be out athleted and, and, you know, frankly, a lot of teams are going to have better players than us from top to bottom. Um, so we have to do all the little things, right. Our culture has to be better than them and we got to have, you know, be more together. Um, and then we got to be tough, you know, and, and kind of like you guys where it's, you know, we're going to, we're going to outwork you. We're going to out, you know, grind you. And, and then hopefully we can, we can win in the fourth quarter. So we've had uh, shoot, I think more one score games, over the past four or five years than anyone in the country. Um, so we, we take pride in that, that we're always going to, you know, no matter who we're playing, we're going to, you know, put up a great fight and hopefully get it to the fourth quarter and hopefully some of the, some of that stuff starts to go our way a little bit more. Yeah, you're always in the fight, and that's where you want to be in every single game. Either you're winning it or you're right there and you're going you're gonna to have that opportunity to win it late in the game. Um, we we kind of talk about it here. If there was a play on defense that, you know, could stop everything, we would have invented it by now for all the football we've been playing, but there's not. And so that's when you lean on that culture, that toughness to, to get you through those tough games late in the fourth quarter when guys are tired, hands are on hips, you have that extra conditioning, you have that, that mental factor in your head that, you know, we're, we're going to go out there, we're going to grind and we're going to beat you. We're going to wear you down until you fold. No and doubt. It sounds like you guys have that, that same culture and that's what you're pushing on your players is just to keep the grind going. It sucks. Yep. You're in the suck, but you're only in it for a little bit. You know, after that, it's better. Yeah, you know, man, exactly right. Like, there's there's some good football, new plays. You're like, oh, man, that's, like, cool how they did that. But at the end of the day, man, football's football. Who's going to be the most disciplined and the, and the toughest? And be able to execute and, um, you know, not lose it, not turn the ball over, not make mistakes. And um, and then that's what it boils down to. Yeah, yeah, it, it does suck to, to do all that stuff. But then, you, then you're going to win games you probably shouldn't win. You know, teams are going to start to kind of – you know, make those mistakes and then you're sitting right there ready, you know, ready to go. So, um, no, you're exactly right though. It's a, uh, that's what we, you know, coach Campbell's we've, you know, prided ourselves on as being the most together, physical, toughest team, um, there. Uh, and last year, I mean, we struggled a little bit. I mean, we were four and eight, um, but we lost, I think six, six, seven games by one score or less. So it's like, all right, well, we're close, but that doesn't always get, you know, get the job done, obviously. So we got to do something extra to, to get us over that hump. And that's what makes me so excited for this upcoming season. Cause I think we got the you know pieces in place the the culture never wavered through a, a four and eight season, which is, you know, a lot of places it's, you can't say that. So that's what gets us really excited and um, you know, try to, to keep it, you know, almost like you guys, man, every year it's like, all right, well, North Dakota state's going to be really damn good. They're going to win a lot of games. And that's where we're trying to get to. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, and you guys, you have been there. You've won a lot of big games. I think a couple of years ago, well, you guys are on a two-year win streak against Oklahoma. Those are big games to win. Yeah. Um, it's just, it's something that everyone wants to be a part of. And every 
program wants to get to that point where no matter what happens, how many guys graduate, you're going, oh, shit, these guys are going to be really good again. Yep, no doubt. And that, and that, that's what's exciting, too, with the you know college football and, you know, where it's at now and the portal and this and that. It's like, all right, well, it, it truly tests your culture and, you know, what you have with, the, you know, the player-driven leadership. And um, when times do get tough, some guys are leaving, some guys are staying, and it kind of is a test to, on culture. And we think that we have one of the best ones in, in college football. Yeah, absolutely. And that's where you want to be. But how has NIL affected Iowa State? Have you guys noticed anything that has affected your program or changed your program, you know, with the new NIL rules? Yeah. And we, we've lost recruits obviously from it. We're, we haven't done a, we, we have a collective, um, but we haven't done a whole, you know, heck of a lot of pain, you know, or the collective, you know, you hear, guys getting, you know, this amount of money to come to a school and this and that. And, and, and coach Campbell, we, we haven't really believed in that. Um, we have lost guys though, to, to, you know, schools close by, um, or, you know, in the conference that have, have been able to, to give guys some money. So that's, that's one thing where you're kind of, you know, you have to kind of get in that game a little bit, but at the same time, you don't want to, um, you know, ruin all the stuff that you've tried to to build uh with the culture like we just talked about and all that but definitely a a factor and we we haven't done a a whole heck of a lot with with that getting recruits in but being able to have guys who are you know in our program being able to to help them out and take care of them that's what's been really really cool um having you know guys be able to do you know different signings and community service stuff or help out in the you know community and and be able to to help them out there but it's a yeah crazy crazy world and we're you know kind of day by day just like everyone else but uh definitely feel the impact of it each day though yeah absolutely it's kind of a feeling out process because it's still relatively new personally i don't think it's very good for college football i think it's it's going to hurt it in the long run because you do have guys flipping their commitments or going places they wouldn't go just based on the money and i I, I personally don't like that. Um, maybe that's just being an FCS guy because it, it, it does hurt us a lot. But I, I think it turns into a bidding process and kind of like a free agency. So I, I feel like as a college athlete, you're not a professional. You don't have that status. So we're starting to pay kids like they are professionals. And I don't, I don't know how that's going to work out in the long run. But, you know, those are personally my thoughts. Have you, yep. have you noticed anything like that? No. Yeah, well, we, that's that's what I think, too, is that it's there. There is a place for players to get more money than they've ever gotten they should 100 percent um now finding the best way to do that is you know have we found it i'm not sure um you know regulation with everything and you know so it it just doesn't go to the school has the most money is that's part where you're still we're still trying to figure everything out um but i am a huge you know advocate of man these guys need more money to be able to you know take their girlfriend out to dinner or man, I want to buy a new pair of shoes or I want to, you know, like if life happens and things happen, um, you know, and I know when I was at K-State, we got 780 bucks a month, a scholarship check um, and 500 of it of mine went to rent. So you're off, you know, the rest for the whole month. And, you know, I was fortunate enough to have parents that would help me out. And, but some of these guys have to send money home they got to buy a phone. They got to do all that off that, just that little amount left. So I do think, you know, helping guys out more is, is they need to, um, but finding the best way is, and whether we found that or not, not hundred percent sure, but 
finding the best way to help these guys out. And then when they get done with college, um, being able to give them kind of a, you know, a lump sum of money to help start their life, you know, so they don't, they don't, you know, leave Iowa state or leave, you know, K state or whatever it is and not have any money to their name. And like, Oh man, like now what do I do? So to, but to be able to help them, that's where I think, you know, if we can get to a point where, you know, we can help these guys and give them a lump sum kind of as we're, you know, as they get out is that's huge. And that's what we're trying to do here at Iowa state. So if guys are, man, never getting in trouble, graduating, doing everything right, being able to help them when they leave, give them a, give them a lump sum kind of to, to kickstart their life after football. Oh yeah. I totally agree with that. I think, you know, there are ways that it would be nice to help athletes out and being in that situation myself right now, you know, you're always tight on cash at some point in the year or something like that, because your schedule is so hard and you can't work. You know, the only time I get to work is in the summer basically, or maybe I can pick up a couple hours during spring ball or whatnot, but especially in the fall, you don't have time for another job. So to be able to get some money, that that would help for sure. But I'm just, I was thinking more along the lines of, I think there's this high school quarterback right now, future $13 million NIL deal, uh, some five-star quarterback. I just think those that chunk of money going to an 18, 17-year-old kid is in, insane. Uh, yeah, I that's, think that's a little- no doubt. And then that, that makes it tough, too. Like, now he comes in and that kid's making more money than everyone but probably the head coach. And it's just like – it's just, a, you know, like, what what is this? What are we trying to get this thing to be, you know, like – where the players now are making more than everyone. And then it's like, okay, now it's all about them instead of being a team game. Cause football is the, the ultimate, most ultimate team game, you know, obviously. And, and now it's absolutely, you know, now you got guys going and making, uh, you know, so much money. And then, you know, will they sell out for the team? Will they do this? And what happens if they don't pan out, you know, then what, you know, things like that is, you know, you see it with exactly. the, you know, the kid from Florida and he flipped his commitment and, and the NLI deal like fell through and all that. So it's just a, it's a crazy world to, you know, and a lot of money to, to be betting on, you know, these young, talented, very talented kids, but young kids. And um, I do, I do think it will kind of probably level out here when, you know, whether these, you know, some of these guys who get a lot of money are panning out or man, if it's, they're not, you know, are, are people willing to now still throw out that, you know, that amount of money on kids is that's kind of the feel out process and kind of wait and see, you know, how, how all that will go. That's kind of where my head's at. And you talk about kids not panning out. What do you look for in recruits specifically? If you're recruiting, you're on the road, watching them play another sport or you're doing a house visit, what is it that you look for in recruits to kind of determine, you know, their character or if they're a good fit for your program? Yeah. How, how they treat people, Uh, man, you know, if we're able to go watch him work out or, uh man watch a another him play another sport and you know because obviously we're there because he's good enough for football but man we want to see how he reacts or talks to different coaches how he is around players whether you're a quarterback or not you know like quarterback especially you got to be able to you know be that leader and all that but you can tell if a guy is you know what type of guy he is when he's around other guys in the weight room or man we go watch a kid play basketball man how is he if he misses a couple shots or, you know, how is he dealing with teammates, reacting to teammates? And then when you get an in-home visit, man, what's his at-home life like? I know everyone's a little different, but how does he treat his, you know, mom, dad, grandma, grandpa, or, you know, whoever's taking care of them? You know, how does he treat them if he has siblings? How does he treat those? Um, and that, that's that's one thing that, you know, we do a great job of is, you know, we, we say it's our, our kind of guy. That's when we're looking for, it's, you know, one of the number one things we say is, 
is he our kind of guy? Will he fit in with this locker room? Will he, man, treat people with respect, do things right? Who is the best teammate that you've played with from a, a skill-wise standpoint? Ooh, man. Um, I'd, I'd have to say Tyler Lockett. Um, he's receiver now for uh, the Seahawks. Uh, man, when you talk about best player I've probably ever been around, at least playing-wise. Now, coaching-wise, Brees Hall would be right up there uh, with Tyler, you know, running back for the Jets. But as a player, playing with Tyler Lockett, you know, obviously being a quarterback and, and throwing to him, um, the things he could do and just how he got open and his quickness and his attention to detail and how smart he truly was knowing, you know, how to get off the line, how to get off press, how to get off off coverage, where to find the spots in the zone. Um, and then you, you know, you look at him and he's, you know, four, four flat, four, three guy, like the fastest guy ever. And not the biggest, but the fastest and, um, man, the best player I've, I've played with. Uh, and then he's the best person probably I've played with, um, best teammate, best dude ever. He would, uh, do anything for anyone. He never thought, you know, he was an all American two or three times and, you know, you would have never known that he was always with me, helping me learn the offense right when I got there keeping me out, throwing with him almost every day after practice, me and him would be out there throwing. Um, we'd be in the film room together watching. We'd room together on road games, even home games too. We stayed at a hotel. And we'd always room together and talk about how, you know, how he wants to run certain routes and, you know, what I'm thinking and what he's thinking. So just he's the whole package with everything, man. He's, uh, he's incredible. And that, you know, obviously shows because he's on his, I think, third contract in the NFL made, you know, a lot of money doing that, but man, the best, best guy, you know, yeah, by far that, that I played with. Yeah, absolutely. That kind of took away my next question. He sounds like a great guy. He's doing everything the right way. Clearly, you know, he's on his third contract, like you mentioned. Who, yeah. who do you think besides him, if you had a, a teammate that you said would be the best teammate that you knew, just, you know, was doing everything for the program for the right reasons. If you didn't pick Tyler Lockett, who would that be? Yeah, that would have to be, you know, Curry Sexton, he was another receiver at K-State. Um, now, he was the, you know, he I think they both had over 1,000 yards our senior year, which was incredible. But he was, uh, man, he's 5'10", 180, probably ran a 4'6", 4'7". So not, he won't, you know, he's not looking like DK Metcalf coming out here or, you know, Calvin Johnson or anything. But as far as doing everything it takes to help the team, he was on every single special teams almost probably and, um, man, a leader to the young receivers helping me out, you know, cause I lived with him too. So he was my roommate at K-State, but helping me, you know, deal with the transition and helping me, you know, learn the offense. And again, he was in there with me, you know, Tyler and I watching film. And, um, so yeah, Curry is when you talk about a guy that what kind of what K-State's built on and, you know, how, you know, how they became what they became and the you know, sustained success is guys like Curry. Um, I can name a, you know, a ton of other guys that, that have done that, but Curry would be the, the guy that didn't care about stats, didn't care about anything, cared about winning and, um, you know, doing things the right way. And um, so, yeah, Cur Curry Sexton would be that guy for me. Man, that's awesome. You just have those guys that they don't care about their personal accolades. They're going to do it, whatever it takes to help the team. And having a lot of guys on the team like that, almost beats having a lot of guys that are just talented. You know what I mean? Just pushing the program in the right direction, setting it up in the long run. It, it, it's better than having a bunch of guys that are selfish, but uber talented. 
Yeah, no doubt. And and that's that's what made K-State, honestly, and, you know, probably very similar, you know, with, with you guys at North Dakota State is no one cares about anything, but, hey, we want to win. And we want to, you know, and win, winning is fun and we don't care about the stats and kind of, you know, we didn't have, you know, the NLI stuff back then. And, you know, so we kind of can throw a wrench into it, but like we didn't care about it. I'm sure, you know, same with you guys that there's only one thing that matters and that's winning. Um, and you got a whole bunch of guys like that and guys who are really talented, like Curry was really talented, all big 12 player. Um, but he was on every single special team was helping the young guys out, man, 4.0 student, you know, all of that, you know, is, is incredible. Yeah. It's incredible that there are guys like that. And there's a lot more than people like to think. I think if you really dive into it, you're going to find more guys that are willing to help the team than guys who just care about their personal success, which is a good thing to have. No doubt. We're, we're going to transition a little bit to, to current, current football, you know, NFL, you played in the NFL a little bit. Is there more of a business aspect to the NFL now than there was when you were in it? Or is it, you know, the same? Um, I would think probably the same. Um, man, it's a, it is a different world. It's a, in, unless if you're not, you know, Mahomes or, you know, a locket or like a guy up there, man, you're a, man, every day you're kind of, you're in there fighting for your livelihood and, you know, to the, you know, GMs and things like that. You're just a, almost like a number in a way, you know, cause if they, if they need to, you know, change and someone gets hurt they gotta plug a you know oh shoot we need a tackle. all right how does that affect our numbers everywhere else and you know sometimes you can be the you know you can get caught in that and um but no definitely is we would assume it's still the same same type of business probably getting current even with the amount of monies now in the nfl compared to even in shoot 2015 but um yeah definitely a business like you know nothing i've i've ever ever been a part of obviously but uh great experience but yeah it's a every day you go in there it's man you're fighting fighting for your life that's what i was kind of thinking about because you see guys like mahomes who are getting 10-year contracts you know half a billion dollars things like that they weren't throwing that kind of money out even five years ago so now you see all these huge contracts and they're really thinking long term and it truly is a business because if you're willing to pay that much money to a guy you're planning on him playing for a long time and being successful for a long time no doubt and then yeah and then if you you put money into a guy and He's going to get every opportunity in the world, too, to to play. And so, you know, coming in as an undrafted guy, you know, I went was undrafted, went to the Jaguars. They had, you know, the second overall pick, I think, or top five, Blake Bortles. So no matter how good or bad he did at the time, man, they, they invested that pick in him, and they're going to give him every opportunity, every chance to, to make sure that they made the right choice, you know. So that was the part where it was kind of like, okay, like I, I do understand that. They do have, you know, this amount of money in a guy or they picked him here. And, well, he's going to get every opportunity and have a longer leash than a lot of people that, you know, just an undrafted, you know, quarterback from K-State when I got in there. So definitely, yeah, crazy business with all the, the, the money out there now, too. Absolutely. And you, you see that and it's kind of shitty, you know, being a guy like yourself who was undrafted. You kind of see the same thing with with college football a little bit. If you've got a walk on or a full scholarship guy the full scholarship guy is going to get every opportunity just because you're investing in him every month with that, that check and you need to see some sort of payoff or you kind of look like a fool if you're investing that much in a guy. And it's the same in the NFL. If you're going to pay this guy, you know, $30 million, you got to see it pay off at some point and you got to give him every opportunity before you let him go. No doubt. No doubt. And that's, and uh, that, and that is hard too. When you get walk on to or, you know, and it happens everywhere that are better than some of those scholarship guys and, 
you're just like, okay, well, that's the one thing about Coach Snyder that was I respected so much is that he didn't like he was old school. He didn't care, man. If he didn't care if you were on scholarship or not. Best player was going to play, and you know we had three of the five captains my senior year were former walk-ons. They ended up earning scholarships and then becoming a captain. So they, you know, that that's how you know Coach Snyder. Just the respect I have for him, and that's what we're trying to do. You know, at Iowa State is really value you know, the, the walk-ons and, you know, preferred walk-ons and, you know, treat them like scholarship players. But yeah, no doubt like you put all this money in a guy, you recruited your butt off to get him. You're going to try and, you know, give him every opportunity to, to succeed. Absolutely. What are your thoughts on the new football leagues, the X, XFLs, the USFLs, they allow people to play football longer and they, they give them kind of another opportunity to press NFL scouts or GMs or coaches it just puts them on a stage longer where they can play football longer to try to make another roster. What are your thoughts on that? Is that good for football? Oh, I think, I think it's great. And I, I think it's, it's so long overdue of, you know, and whether the, you know, both leagues make it or whatnot, or, you know, but having a, of, you know, every league, you know, baseball, basketball, they have, you know, they have a feeder league and that's the one thing football's never had. Um, So I think it's awesome. I think it's great to, you know, have more guys playing, give them an opportunity. You know, one of my friends from, you know, Kansas State is he got cut from the, you know, an XFL team and he just got picked back up. So he's still trying to play and giving guys like that, um, man, an opportunity to to continue to play. Or, man, let's say their first stint didn't pan out. You know, Hakeem Butler was a wide receiver at Iowa State who's with the, you know, St. Louis team in the XFL now. And he's doing awesome. He's caught, man, three or four touchdown passes and, he got drafted, I think, the fifth or sixth round by the Cardinals. And it didn't pan out, went through the CFL for a little bit. Now he's doing really well here. Now he might have a chance to get back in the NFL and, and uh, you know, get back there and, and show what he can do, which that's what I think is awesome about it is um, giving those guys kind of second chances or, man, more opportunities to play. So I, I hope that, man, at least one of these leagues can, can stay with it for the long haul and, and give us that. But I think it's awesome for the game. Yeah, I like having the idea of a minor league football thing. If if one could get backed or sponsored by the NFL, something like that, where they can survive and they can make it with less funds, I think it's awesome. And it, like you said, it gives people opportunities to try to get back in the league or just even to continue to play football because they love football. You know, some guys might know that they're not going to be able to make it in the NFL, but hey, they can play in the USFL or the XFL for a long time. No doubt, no doubt. And you know, for me, it was once I got cut with the Jaguars in Seattle. I was, you know, there for about a week or two in preseason. I went and played in Canada for a year. And then after that, I was like, man, I'm, I'm, I'm done. I'm good. But if there was an XFL at that time, man, you, you for sure, I would have, you know, tried that route and, and done that, you know. Um, so I think it's great to give, uh, you know, people more opportunities to play or second chances or just like you said, keep playing, man. Well, I'm, I can still do it physically and they want to, you know, they want to pay me and, and play cool. I'm going to, I'm going to keep playing cause I love it. So I think it's awesome. Yeah. It's a good route to take. And I'm glad that we have it and hopefully they can, they can both succeed or at least one of them. You know what I mean? Yeah, no doubt. Do you, we kind of skipped over this question. So we're going to circle back to it. Um, what's your, your dream coaching job? Do you want to be a head coach one day or would you just want to be offense coordinator? What does that look like for you? Man, I, I would love to, I would love to be a head coach. Um, would absolutely love it. Um, now where that's at, man, that's, in any, you know, I mean, my dream would be at a, you know, power five level would be the dream as far as a, a certain school don't really have one. Obviously being from Iowa would be awesome to be, you know, 
in the Midwest somewhere, but um, I would love, absolutely love to be a head coach. Now I got to, you know, you got to work your way up and um, I obviously played quarterback. So being able to work with the quarterbacks this year with our offensive coordinator, um, Nate Shieldhouse too, is, is awesome to do that. I'd, I'd been with the wideouts before I coached tight ends at UTEP. Um, and then I was running backs here the past couple of years. So being able to get back with the quarterbacks I, is really, really awesome for me. Um, it kind of worked that way up, but uh, yeah, end goal would be definitely, definitely a head coach as far as, you know, man, a dream school wouldn't, don't really, you know, have one somewhere where, um, you know, it, it'd have to be a school that, that values the same things that I, you know, truly value though, with treating people the right way and doing it the right way. It's not all about, you know, and all the other stuff it's about, man, this is still a, a transformational process for these, you know, guys coming in 18 years old and then man becoming men. And then when they leave, now they're going to be set up just like coach Snyder, you know, helped us. And that's what coach Campbell does a great job here at Iowa state of, you know, constantly talking about setting these, you know, all these guys up for, for life after football too. So that would be my dream just at a, at a spot that, you know, all the, the core values are aligned. Absolutely. And I think that's ultimately probably where most coaches are trying to get to is that, that head coach job, because then it's essentially your program, you know, you, you get, you get the final say in what happens. So no, yeah. that's a, a, a dream job for a lot of coaches, honestly. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. It, it'll be a long road, but that, yeah, definitely would be the, the, the dream job goal right there. Do you have a welcome to college football moment? Oh, it, it honestly, there, there's a couple, um, off the top of my head, but the welcome to college football is probably my first ever game. Like we talked about losing, losing to North Dakota state, you know, cause I come from Iowa Western. We win a national championship We're, you know, we were really, really talented, had a ton of good players, and, um, you know, beat everyone pretty good that year. And then coming to, you know, my first game ever at K state and then thinking, all right, well, we're just going to be able to, you know, at the back of your mind, you're like, all right, we're, well, we got it though. You should, we got to play well, but then, you know, getting, you know, smacked in the mouth a little bit. That was, that first game was kind of like, oh, shoot. Like, no, like, no matter who you play, you it's a four-quarter game. You're not going to blow anyone out. And um, you have to be on it the whole game. You can't, you know, get, you can't lose focus for a second. Otherwise, you're going to get beat. Um, so that was definitely the, probably the, the welcome to college football right there. First game ever. Absolutely. Any given Saturday, it can happen. You can't just roll the helmets out there and, you know, expect to win because it's a big 12 school or, you know, and you're whoever you're playing. So no doubt, no doubt. And and we kind of had that a little bit at, you know, at junior college, Iowa Western, where some of these schools, we were just so much better than where it was like, okay, well, we're, you know, we should win. We, and we, you know, did. And then at St. Albert with small school one a, um, and we had three or four guys end up going to play, you know, at, you know, my brother played at Ohio, my older brother. Then we had some guys at South Dakota State, and, you know, Northwest Missouri State. So we had a really talented team. But, yeah, you get in college, it's like, no, you uh, it's four quarters no matter what, no matter who you're playing. Absolutely. Well, that's kind of it for the episode. That's kind of all the, the questions I had for you. It was a really good episode. I'm glad we got to do this. It was really fun for me to interview you and, and your process throughout this, this life that involved football. Uh, thank you for coming on. It, it was awesome. Thank you so much. It was really fun. Yeah, man. Well, I appreciate it. Anytime. I, uh, even though the bison got me as a, as a first game ever, but I still have a lot of respect for you as a, as a player and obviously the, the culture there and the program there. So man, I, I appreciate you having me on.
Thank you very much. Well, guys, that's it. That's uh, the episode. Jake Waters, quality control analyst, quarterback coach, Iowa State. That's the episode. Thank you for taking your time out of your day to listen into this and uh, continue to spread the love and share and get us out there. We've had a lot of growth in the last month or so. So thank you guys very much for your support.